Money Pit is presented by QuickCrete, the Angie app, Bank of America, and Total Tech. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you take on the projects you want to get done around your house. You want to turn your house from Money Pit to Castle, we're here to do just that. If you want some advice on how to make a repair or plan an improvement, we can help you with that too. Whatever's on your to-do list, you're welcome to slide it over to ours by reaching out with your home improvement questions. A couple of ways to do that. You can post your questions to us at moneypit.com or you can call them in to us at one eight 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 money pit We're going to start off today's show with an important safety tip about the number one danger for young children. Every summer we hear this. It's the number one thing. It's drowning. And we hate reading this, and we hate hearing about it. It doesn't seem to change, but we're not going to give up. We're going to keep pressing with information on how to keep kids safe, especially from pool drownings. And today we're going to give you some tips on a system that you can put in place to help make sure that tragedy never strikes close to your home. And we're just about halfway through the summer season, which means it's that time of year when millions of folks transform their garages and yards into a storefront. You know, you got to get rid of all the junk you don't want any longer somehow, right? Yeah, it's actually even a national garage sale day every year. I think it's the second Saturday of August. So it's a, it's a celebrated <laughs> holiday for sure. I'll send you a card. <laughs> well, whether you need to clear clutter or maybe you want to make a few bucks or both, we're going to have some tips to help your garage sale go smoothly. And if you've ever tried to repair a cracked or deteriorated concrete sidewalk or a driveway or a garage floor, you might have found that those repairs have to be made in the same spots over and over again. We're going to share a way to do those once and have them stick around for a while. But first, the money pit is about you. So whether you live in a house or an apartment, you're dealing with a repair, or you're dreaming about a renovation, we're going to help you tackle your to-dos with confidence and have a little fun along the way. So give us a call with your home improvement questions. The number again is one eight 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 money pit Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Justin from Alexandria, Virginia is on the line, and he's a repeat caller to the Money Pit. So what's going on now? Did we get it right last time, Justin? <laughs> yeah, the last project turned out great. We uh, abated all the asbestos. We put the flooring down in the basement, and now it leads up to the laundry room, which leads to our new problem. Okay, uh, so, <laughs> what's next? <laughs> so uh, after that asbestos is abated, there is no asbestos in our laundry room because they never put those old you know, 1970s tiles down but they did decide to paint it 25 times. So hmm. there's a whole bunch of paint in this room, um, different layers of paint. Uh, it's not lead or anything, but um, because it's in the basement and it's in the laundry room and it's flooded often or whatever, you know, it's chipped everywhere, it looks terrible, and we've been trying to figure out something to do with the flooring in here uh, to make it look nice. Um, so okay. one idea was strip down all the paint uh, and then tried to do a new layer of maybe like an epoxy or something. Uh, another idea was to put down another, uh, like a thinner luxury vinyl plank so that it can, it's more uh, bendy uh, because there is in the center of the space, a drain that uh, is meant to capture any overflow that ever might occur from a catastrophic, uh, catastrophic event from either the sump pump or from the, uh, from the, you know, it's an old style laundry machine out where there's right. no three inch, mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. like, you know, they just have a, uh, some pantyhose that lead into the sink, and they call it a day. Yeah. I think you're on the right track. I think, I, I think I'd, I'd, go with, uh, I'd go with option B there, because I was thinking luxury vinyl plank when you said that, because it's 100% waterproof. Now, 
around this drain, I think what I would do there, because luxury vinyl plank can float on top of the old floor, right? And you can use some sort of a molding to trim the edge. What I would do where uh, where the drain is, is I would very carefully cut that drain circle out, you know, and cut that hole out. And I would caulk underneath that with an adhesive sealant, something like Total Tech, which is made by super glue. I would seal around that drain so that only so that that piece is held down tight around the drain, and I think from there you'll just be good to go. I don't think it's worth you trying to strip off all that old paint, Leslie. I think uh, for a laundry room, a luxury vinyl plank is a good choice. What do you think? That's definitely a great choice for a laundry room. It's super durable. Should you have any issues with water or leaking situations, that's going to stand up very well. And you've got so many choices, so you can really make it look as stylish or designed or as simple as you want. Yeah, and it's inexpensive, so you know you could change it in a few years and. It'll be it'll be super easy to do. Truly, mm-hmm. yeah. We were thinking about doing the the vinyl plank because uh, I didn't really want to deal with the stripping, especially since we're going to have kids in the house soon, and you know, just in general, using the stripping stuff, even if you're using like a like the Citra one or like Smart Strip or whatever those ones are called. You know, they're less toxic, but you probably don't want them right, in that right. yeah, an unventilated too. space for too long. Um, especially since you'd have to like power wash it or something at the end to get it out. I don't think it's necessary, Justin. I think that's a great option for you. All right. I'll keep that in mind then. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. And, and given that uh, you're at the literally on the ground floor of your next home improvement project and you're expecting to fill the house up with kids, I think that uh, you'll be calling us time and time again as the years go on and we'll be glad to help. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to it. Put us on speed dial. Will do. Thanks so much. Marty in Ohio needs some help cleaning some kitchen cabinets. Tell us about it. I have maple kitchen cabinets, and above the hood area, it is very dirty from the fan and from cooking, and there's a residue on the cabinet. And I was wondering what type of product I could use to take off the grit that is on the cabinet without damaging the maple cabinet. So, Margie, the area that you describe over, you know, the cooking area above the hood, that's generally a very greasy spot in the kitchen under the best of circumstances. So I think your first step is to try to just clean it with some sort of, you know, grease remover, like an orange cleaner or like, um, I always call it goof off, but I don't think that's the right name. Yeah, no, I think that is one of the products, you know, or a Murphy's oil soap. Yeah, I mean, something that has a citrus in it that's going to help you break down all of that grease buildup would probably be your best place to start and see how you do. I mean, outside of that, if you're going to start messing with the sheen or the finish of that specific cabinet on its own, you're going to then have to work with the rest of the cabinets to sort of match up to that. So my first attempt would be really to scrub it, clean it, give it some good old elbow grease and see where you go. You might want to take the doors off the hinges to do this work because it might be easier to work on them when they're on a flat surface like that. Then you can go back and do the frame around the door after you've sort of perfected your cleaning on the door first and put it all back together. And if that works, you know, this might be a situation where you just keep going, right? Because even though the rest of the cabinets aren't terribly dirty. They're more dirty than you think, I bet. Yeah. You only know sometimes when you start cleaning it up, right? Because that's when you see it get lifted off. You're like, oh, there's a whole new color under there. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. 
Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Reach out to Team Money Pit. Let us know what you are working on. We're standing by 24-7, and we're also standing by to give away a great set of products today. They're going to help you with dozens of repairs around the house. We've got up for grabs the original Super Glue's Total Tech. Now, Total Tech really is the perfect mix of a heavy-duty construction adhesive, but also an all-purpose sealant. It's going to grab instantly, it's going to dry really fast, and it's 100% watertight. So it's perfect if you've got a pool, a repair in a sink or a tub, plus you can paint it. Now, it's available at Amazon or even at your local hardware store, but you can learn more right now at supergluecorp.com slash totaltech. And we're giving away a package of eight different Total Tech products worth 64 bucks. going out to one listener drawn at random. Make that you reach out to us with your home improvement questions. We'll toss your name in the Money Pit hard hat and might be sending that package off to your house. Judy in Missouri is on the line with a roofing question. How can we help you today? Yes, I was wondering if you had ever heard of, I uh, had a roof repair a few years ago and it's been leaking ever since. They used what they called... TAM shield. It's a synthetic underlayment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's plastic. And uh, they use that instead of felt paper. Yeah, right. It's synthetic. And it's actually an upgrade to standard 15 pound felt paper. Um, and it's actually better than using standard felt paper uh, under a roof. The reason that your roof is leaking now is probably not because of the TAM shield. It's probably because of something that went wrong with the repair. But I don't think it would have been the underlayment because that's actually pretty good stuff. How is it leaking, Judy? Tell, tell me about the leak. Well, we really don't know. It, it comes through in our bathroom and we get up in the attic and we can see drips but they can't seem to pinpoint it. They've worked on it several times, and they just can't get it to go away. Usually if your roof is leaking above your bathroom, there's a pipe that goes through the ceiling right there and up through the roof, and it's the plumbing vent pipe. And right around that vent pipe, there's like a rubber boot that seals that pipe uh, between the, the the pipe and the roof itself, and then there's flashing that goes around that. That's the most common place for a roof leak when you have it leak right above a bathroom. And a lot of times, contractors will try to sort of tar that in place, but that's a bad idea. What I would reply, what I would recommend is to take out the plumbing vent flashing, uh, and you can do that easily by removing a few shingles in that area. Roof shingles are actually pretty easy to disassemble if you know kind of a trick of the trade. I like to do it with a flat bar that you can slip up under the roof shingle, find the nail, and sort of pry it from side to side, and it'll pop right out. And then you replace that plumbing vent flashing, 
uh, and put it back together again and make sure you put everything in the right order so it, it the roofing lays on top of the flashing, um, that usually stops that leak. But, you, but leave the vent pipe there? Oh, yeah. The vent pipe uh, is, is there for an important reason. You're going to start having problems flushing your toilet and all your sinks are going to start to gurgle if you take that out. But replace the plumbing vent flashing there, okay? Okay. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome, Judy. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, did you know that drowning is the number one cause of death for young children? Summertime means lots of time spent in and around a swimming pool, which can be dangerous if you don't have properly designed pool fencing. Yeah, and one thing that's important to know about pool fences is that they're actually quite different than non-pool fences. A pool fence needs to be at least four feet high, and it has to be designed to be non-climbable. Now, with chain link fencing, for example, the mesh opening should be one and a quarter inches or less, which is too small for a toddler to get a toehold on. And with iron fencing, the spacing between those vertical bars should be no more than four inches. And the horizontal supports have to be mounted facing the pool so that you can't get, again, a foot in there and swing over the top because the supports have to be at least 45 inches apart. So they're definitely designed a lot different than regular fencing. Yeah, and you know what? The fencing is only as good as the gate, which tends to be the weakest link in all of that pool fencing. So the gate's got to be self-closing and self-latching, so they've got to slam shut if you accidentally leave them open. And the gate latches should be mounted at least 54 inches off the ground and have child-proof relief mechanisms. I mean, they've got to be tall enough where the littlest kids can't reach them. And I'm telling you, some of these gate latches are so complicated to open. I stand there as an adult person struggling, so I think it's good. you got to make sure it's hard to get in. Absolutely. Now, baby fencing, it's, which can be a secondary fence installed closer to the pools, it's also an option for homes where the fence encloses the yard, but not necessarily the pool. Just keep in mind that baby fencing may keep young children out of harm's way, but it does not work for toddlers that can climb. And if you've ever raised a toddler, you know that they learn these skills like so fast. They couldn't climb one day, and all of a sudden, they're, like, repelling down sides of buildings the next. I mean, it's crazy. They're so quick at this stuff, how they change. So you really need to keep an eye on stuff and just add another layer of protection to your scheme around the pool, and this is going to really help keep everybody safe. Courtney in Texas is on the line with a very stinky question at her money pit. What is going on? Um, It's not an old house. We've just lived here just under a year, and the previous owner was a cigarette smoker and so pretty much everything smelled like cigarettes. So yeah, we've replaced and painted <laughs> and we've done a lot of we've done a lot of work on it, but I'm wondering if I need to just replace or clear clean out the um ventilation system. Right, that's one thing I haven't done yet. Well, let's talk about this. So are we talking about every room in the house here or have you focused on one particular room? It was every room in the house. And do you have carpet in the house? Um, it's been replaced. Carpet's been replaced. When you replace the carpet, you had, what, hardwood floors or you had plywood floors underneath? It was plywood. Did you paint them? Did you paint them with a sealer? No. So one of the things that we generally recommend is because cigarette smoke is so pervasive and it gets into everything, if you, you do have to replace the carpet, which you did. Unfortunately, you didn't seal the floors at the same time, which would have been obviously the easy time to do that. Right. And the reason we say that is because sometimes those floors will basically absorb all that odor and then they can just let it go back up you know, through the carpet. The carpet isn't going to stop it. So we always 
recommend sealing that with primer, you know, good quality priming paint, which seals it in. It's kind of the same thing that happens if you use a restoration company after after a fire and you get smoke damage because the smoke gets into everything. Yeah. What they do is they clean it and then they seal it with the with the proper type of smoke sealing paint, uh, and then that helps to control it. The other thing is any other soft material, so furnishings, blinds, drapes, uh, anything of that nature that's still around you need to clean or replace. We've done that. We've done all the light fixtures, all the outlets, all the cabinets have been redone. And what about the walls? Have they been, re- has the house been repainted on the interior? Yes. Did you prime it first or did you just paint over it? I did prime the walls, yeah. What do you think's left, Leslie? It sounds like she did most of this here. I mean, it really does sound like it. The only thing I can think of is there like a drop tile ceiling that's like a soft, more porous material. It is cleaning out the... HVAC system, something? Yeah, maybe. I mean, we're, we're not big fans of duct cleaning unless you're doing a lot of remodeling okay. and you get a lot of dust and stuff in it. I mean, I don't think it would hurt, but I, I don't think that's going to be the cause of your problem here. Okay. Um, the filter system, though, in the HVAC system may be also a place to start. If you had a better quality filter system, that could help as well. So you have a forced air system, obviously. Do you have an electronic air cleaner? Is it a fiberglass cleaner? What kind of air cleaner do you have there or filter? Uh, yeah, I don't know what that, what that means. You need to find out what kind of filter you have. If it's a disposable filter, you should be changing it every one to three months, depending on the quality of the filter. I do change that, but I don't know what type. I don't know what type of material okay. it is. Well, if you're changing it, it's not an electronic air cleaner. So there are better air cleaners on the market that do a much better job of scrubbing the air. They're called electronic air cleaners. You could look at one called the Train, T-R-A-N-E, Clean Effects. And there's also one from April Air that's very effective. But these uh, these types of electronic air cleaners will scrub even virus-sized particles out of the, out of the air. And that might help because I don't think if you have just the standard fiberglass filters, that's doing absolutely nothing to capture any of this residual odor that you're talking about. So I hope these couple of ideas help you. It's uh, it sounds like you're kind of on your way. The only thing that you didn't do that I wouldn't would have recommended would have been to paint those subfloors when you had the carpet up. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. All right. Good luck with that project. Thank you. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. 
Aquatrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. Aquatrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any Aquatrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Taylor, North Dakota, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I have a two-story house. I live in uh, North Dakota, and uh, I have a two-story house. Uh, that it has a forced air system, and it's just not getting uh, the cooling up to the second floor and the heating up to the second floor like uh, I feel it should. I had a, a contractor come in, and they recommended a product to me that I was wondering if you guys had any, any knowledge on it. It's it's a product called AeroSeal, um, where they, they actually seal the ductwork um, from the inside, and they claim that It'll it'll seal up the ductwork and get me more airflow. Is this guy an AeroSeal dealer? Uh, correct. Okay. So my only concern here is the reason that you're not having adequate heating and cooling on the second floor is due to a, a core error in the sizing of the system. And while duct systems can certainly be leaky... I doubt that that's your entire problem, Taylor. I think that there's an issue with the design here that's at the core of this. And while that's kind of a nice thing to do, and yeah, it'd probably help a little bit, I don't necessarily think that's the first thing I would do at all. I think you ought to talk to some other HVAC contractors, and really what they need to do is look at a heat loss calculation here and figure out how much air you're moving up there, making sure you have enough supply air going up there, making sure you have adequate return ducts, that nothing is blocked or disconnected. This is the second company that came in. The first company actually recommended for me to talk to this company because he he felt the same way, actually. Well, why do they think that your that your duct system is so leaky that's causing this problem? I mean, certainly leaking ducts can contribute to it, but I don't think, I really, really don't think it's the main cause here. I can't imagine it's so inefficient. Your ducts are so poorly put together that simply sealing them is going to solve this problem. You have a very significant uh, issue with inadequate heating and cooling getting the second floor of the house. So I, I think this is an issue of airflow. It's an issue of design. And, you know, I would explore ways that that can be improved. And if you can't easily improve it, then what you might want to think about is adding supplemental heating and cooling to the second floor uh, vis-a-vis, for example, a split ductless system, which would could could supply both warm air and, and cool air, depending on the design, the model that you, that you uh, get. But I don't think this is all about duct defects in terms of leaky ducts. I think this is a design defect that you have to you just haven't uh, nailed it yet. Okay, Taylor, does that make sense? All right, sounds good. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. 
Well, with the last blast of garage sale season ahead, it's a good time to clean out and clean up by selling what you don't need. Now, National Garage Sale Day, yes, there is such a thing, and it's the second Saturday in August, and it's a great time to dig into those cramped storage spaces, get organized, and make a profit in the process. Yeah, so to get started, lightening your load is much easier when you have a system. So here's our system. As you go through belongings, you want to sort them into piles of things to keep, things to trash, and things to sell. Remember, if you don't use it or you don't wear it often or you forgot it even existed, it probably needs to go. So I think you have to get over your separation anxiety here a little bit with all your stuff and let it go. Yeah. Now, here's a for real tip, you guys. Serious shoppers are going to come early. So be prepared with your best wares a few minutes before the start time that's listed in your ad. And you want to be careful about selling things that may have updated safety features like baby furniture or car seats and furniture and housewares and kids sporting equipments. Those are going to sell fantastically. I even found that music instruments sold very well. Now, when it comes to pricing, Don't be sentimental about your stuff and overprice it in the process. If you're unsure, go ahead, do a quick online research there. You know, check out the current value on a different bunch of, you know, reselling sites. But keep things realistic. Price things a quarter or a third of what you would expect they would cost brand new. And I'm telling you, you are going to see things go flying. And I am serious about the early bird stuff. We had a, you know, an estate sale when my grandma passed away. And holy moly, people slept outside <laughs> overnight in their Man. cars waiting. Wow. Yeah, I guess those estate sales, like that is the coup de gras for those shoppers, right? Because they figure there's going to be all kinds of great stuff there at estate sales. You know, we kind of teased some of the things and they were like, I heard there's a beaded lamp. And you're like, I, yeah. And they're like, I want it. And you're like, oh, should I not sell it? Jeez Louise. Yeah, wow. I didn't know it was so valuable. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's exciting. <laughs> it's just junk. I haven't had it all these years. <laughs> Well, listen, I think there's a a lot of uh, space to be made and money to be made at the same time if you take advantage of the garage sale season. So start thinking about it now. Well, whether you need a quick fix or a bigger repair, it's always helpful to have the right sealant on hand. And we're giving one away that works on dozens of repairs around the house. I'm talking about the original Super Glue's Total Tech. Now, you can use it to repair any type of material indoors or out, and it works in all weather conditions, even underwater. It's going to grab instantly and create a 100% watertight seal. So it's great if you've got a repair around the pool or in a sink or in a tub. I mean, this is going to work everywhere. You'll find it at Amazon or your local hardware store, or you can learn more at supergluecorp.com slash total tech. We've got a package of eight different total tech products going out to one listener worth 64 bucks. So make that you call us with your home improvement questions at one eight 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 money pit. Lynn in Mississippi's on the line and is having an issue with a pear tree. What is going on that doesn't involve a partridge? Hi, yes, ma'am. I have a Bradford pear tree. But I think I made a mistake. I'm not sure, but I let it grow up right next to my house. Okay. My foundation is concrete, and um, the tree has now gotten probably, I'm guesstimating, maybe 15 feet tall, and it's got like three trunks. It's very, very pretty, and it looks good, but now I'm get, I've gotten concerned. Um, my concrete foundation is pretty thick, but does Bradford pear trees have a tendency to try to grow up through concrete foundations? You know, pear trees don't get that big to a point where they typically impact foundations. And if they did, you would probably see some evidence of that. So, you know, while it sounds big to you, uh, you know, pear trees, standard pear trees get to be like, you know, 18 to 20 feet tall or so. 
And that's just not big enough to really do much foundation damage. So I think you can live with that for a while. Just keep an eye on it. I, I wouldn't tear that out. That is wonderful news. Okay, what should I look for? I mean, can I go on the outside where it's right there close to the house? Is there something that I can look for that will kind of tell me it could be a problem before it actually starts buckling my concrete? Actually, you would see it on the inside. If you saw any cracks forming in the concrete opposite where the pear tree is, that would be a good indicator of it. But, boy, it takes an awful lot of force to do that. And, and trees are going, the roots are going to try to find the path of least resistance. So I just don't think it's very likely that you're going to see that. But I'd see it on the, you'd see it on the inside first, okay? Thank you so very much. I'm going to leave it alone. Well, repairing concrete that's become chipped or broken or deteriorated, like on steps or on your foundation or your driveway and sidewalks, is a pretty common home repair project. But unfortunately, it's also one that a lot of homeowners and even pros get wrong and end up doing over and over again. And here's why. It's really simple. They use the wrong repair material. You can't repair concrete with more concrete you can't repair concrete with mortar mix because it just won't stick to the old surface. So as a result, six months or a year later, that patch falls out and there you go. You got to do it all over again. Yeah, if you really want to do this once and have that repair last, it's important that you choose a product that's designed specifically for structural repairs and one that's designed to stick to those old surfaces. Now, QuickCrete, they're really good at this, and they make a product called Polymer Modified Structural Repair. And of all the QuickCrete repair products, this is one that's the most versatile because it's strong, it's going to set fast, and most importantly, it has a high bond strength, which means it's going to stick like crazy to that old concrete surface that you're trying to fix. Yeah, now here's the deal. You can use this for horizontal, vertical, or even overhead concrete repairs, and it can be easily shaped to match the surface that you're repairing and it sets in about 20 to 40 minutes. But most importantly, when you make this repair once, it's totally done. Now, if you want to learn more about repairing concrete and the Polyfer Modified Structural Repair product, go to quickcrete.com and be sure to check out the how-to videos. Quickcrete, what America is made of. Now we've got Peg from Rhode Island on the line with a question about a fiberglass shower insert. Let me guess, the tiles are like pink or green or something really dated. Definitely green, yes, lying green. <laughs> so right now I have a whole under-the-sea thing going on in there to try to accommodate that. Holy moly. Well, you know, generally you're doing the right thing there when you try to decorate around the color scheme or make something right. of it. But I get it. That color can become tiresome rather quickly. So short of retiling your bathroom, there are a couple of things you can do. You do have the option to paint tile, which it never lasts, in my opinion. It's something that's sort of just a temporary placeholder until you can actually redo that bath. But there are shower inserts that sort of surround the existing tile and can create a whole new bath and shower surround in, you know, a day. Right. Actually, it's a fiberglass insert. It's not tile. It's a fiberglass insert that would need to be cut out. We actually did have one of those companies come out to put an insert, but because it's a it's a fiberglass all one piece from probably 72 or 73, the right. entire thing would have to be cut out. So mainly want to find, is that like refinishing spray worth the effort or cut it out and get rid of it? So you're asking, can you reglaze, so to speak, the fiberglass uh, shower stall that you have right now? Or right, it, okay, right. You see these companies for these resurfacing right. sprays. Whether or right. not it's something we, it's even worth doing, doing ourselves, or hiring a professional, mm -hmm. or 
get the soul and go to town. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Um, I think that you're probably not going to be totally happy with that because once that fiberglass surface starts to wear, unless it's made in the factory like it was the first time, it's never going to be as nice as it used to be. Okay. It's a pretty okay. labor-intensive project as well. So I think if you do want to tear it out and do something else, you'd probably be better off doing that. I know it's a big okay. job. It's a complete restoration, but you know, there's just uh, no shortcuts when you want to do something that's going to last you for the next, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Right. I don't mind the green shower myself. It's <laughs> my husband minds it more than I do with my beautiful tropical shower curtain. It looks great. White sink, white toilet. <laughs> We're good, I bet but it's cute. you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like Leslie said, you can decorate around it too. There's always That's option. what we've done. That's definitely what we've done. All right, so that was the main thing. Was it worth it to refinish it? And probably not. Yeah, no, I, I don't think it is. Stacy reached out to Team Money Pit, and she writes, I've been told recently by three roofing contractors that spray foam insulation on the bottom side of the roof will void a warranty on a number of shingle brands. I recently heard you recommend doing the foam for insulation, which is correct. You know... We've heard this too, and it's kind of silly on a number of levels. I feel like a lot of the roofing manufacturers have not updated their warranty language to reflect what a spray foamed attic is like. Because when you put spray foam on the underside of a roof sheathing, usually you're, you're spray foaming the entire attic. And what that's doing is turning the attic into a conditioned space, which just ends up being a heck of a lot cooler. Uh, than it ever was before. So in my view, it would probably make them last longer. The warranties talk about the need for ventilation and, uh, and, and evacuation of moisture in attics, but that just doesn't happen with spray foam. And the second thing is that, as you may have heard me say before, I think a lot of roofing warranty, shing- shingle warranties are garbage because they only cover the material itself. They don't cover labor, and they're only going to give you replacement costs. So if the roof's a 20-year roof and it fails at 10, they're going to give you half the cost of shingles for a new roof, but not the labor to tear the old ones off and put it back on. So I don't find that those warranties have a lot of value in them. If uh, you're going to choose a roofing shingle, I would stick with the name brand manufacturer, and I think that that's probably your best assurance of getting a good quality product. And Stacy, I would really just focus on finding the right roofing pro for your project because somebody who's going to want their name to be held in good regard across the neighborhood is going to really work hard for you and do the right thing. So do your research, ask around, check references, and find the right pro for your job. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Well, we all know better than to leave medicine within reach of kids. But what about basic household cleaners? Well, it turns out they can be just as toxic. Leslie has tips on how to keep little ones clear of harmful cleaning products, including one that looks like candy and is causing way more harm than good. Leslie? 
Yeah, you know, those liquid laundry packets, they are a very convenient way to get the detergent into the washing machine, but they can also be super dangerous. Now, young kids, they are attracted by that bright, colorful, squishy appearance, and they're going to look at that and think this is candy. So you've got to consider this. Um, there's about one call every 42 minutes to the U.S. Poison Control Center about a young child under six who's been exposed to the chemicals in laundry detergent packets, and a child under six is hospitalized every every 42 hours after swallowing or otherwise coming into contact with a laundry detergent packet. And that's about four kids every week. And children who are younger than three, they account for the most laundry detergent packet exposures. Now, staying safe is not just a matter of keeping laundry packets out of kids' mouths. They shouldn't even be handled by the little ones. Those laundry packets, they're meant to dissolve quickly, especially when they come into moisture. You know, you throw them in the washer and they are dissolved instantly almost. So if a child's hand is warm and clammy, they're going to grab that packet and it's going to dissolve very quickly and that's going to release those toxic chemicals onto their hands and that can linger there. Whether or not the child puts that anywhere near their face at that moment, just holding it in their hand hand keeps those chemicals there and then eventually the child's going to put their hand on their face and their eye and their mouth and i mean and that can cause trouble even hours later so because of these risks it's really important that you're very careful and you store these packets up and away from the kids this is the money pit home improvement show coming up next time on the program we all need as much storage as we can possibly get right but if you feel like you've exhausted all the storage space in your home, we guarantee you there are places you hadn't thought of. We're going to share tips on all the nooks and crannies in the house where you can pick up additional storage on the very next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a money pit.